Chapter Two of the Recording Angel by Edwin Arnold Brenholtz. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recorded by Andrew Bemis. The end is not while we can say this is the end. Homely truths. After a few moments' silence, Arndt said to Nettie, "Little girl, it is very late, and I ought to go." but I want to smoke a pipe with your father, and since it's too cold to walk out of doors as we do in summertime, I'll have to ask you to say good night and leave us to smoke indoors. Well, I declare, she cried, if that isn't presumption, the idea of your sending me to bed. Why, I'll tell you, sir, that not even my father has done that for lo these many years, and I'm not... But what she was or was not was not told that night for she saw a look of trouble in Arndt's eyes that stopped her suddenly, and she went over to her father's chair and leaned down and kissed him on the forehead and then on the lips and said, Good night, Daddy. Good night, Daddy, dear. Don't you worry. It'll come out all right in the end, and tis the end that crowns the work, you know. As she came around to Arndt's side of the table, he left his chair and placed his arm about her, and they walked together to the door, where he, as he stooped to kiss her, said, I must talk about my plans to your father first, dear. And she said, That's right, and started for the stairs where she stopped for an instant in the full light of the lamp, and then hastily ran back to the door which Arndt, who was still looking at her, was holding open. Here she raised her face to him and said, Remember, you are mine, and I'm never, never going to give you up unless you want me to. And he said, I'll never forget it, sweetheart. And then he kissed her once more and not until she was out of sight did he close the door. Now, said Angus, as the young man resumed his seat and filled a pipe which he had taken from the mantel shelf, now, tell me the whole truth. All right, said Arndt. What I've told you is correct so far as it goes, but it only goes a little of the way, as you can guess. I'm sorry that it seemed necessary to disregard your wishes in this matter, I did not know how you would look at it either, because it affects Nettie as well as myself. It seemed as if I had held back on your account and the men's as long as was possible, and this morning I was fighting other people's battles as well as my own. Most of the bosses in the works have been angry at the promotion of such men as Endy to high positions. Of course, he knows his business thoroughly, but he doesn't know how to treat a man and it was for the purpose of breaking our manhood so as to make it easier for such as he to handle us. That's what they call it, just as if we were machines, as much as for the reasons they gave the press that the order to number the men was issued. At least that's what we believe. Well, we saw that you didn't like the order, and made it as easy as you could for us, in the same way with Laird, whose place Indy has taken. You two would treat us like men, even if we were numbered like convicts. So as wages were advanced all along the line before the last election, we decided to do nothing for the present. But this morning, when I entered the office, I heard Endy's voice and paused involuntarily as he continued what he was saying to the superintendent. His back was turned to me, and as his chief saw me and made no effort to stop him, I heard him say, Yes, sir, MacDonald must be removed. Black is a young man and can take his place, and he will enforce this order which MacDonald is evading. So, continued Arndt, without looking up, for he did not wish to see the face of Angus. So I knew the fight was on, and I determined to deliberately deliver the first blow, for I felt certain yesterday, as soon as I heard that Indy was to be in our department, that some of us would be on the blacklist soon. He hesitated for a moment 
waiting for some remark from the old man, but still did not look across a table. And as Angus was apparently wanting more time to collect himself, Arndt continued, saying, He has never forgiven you for insisting that part of learning the trade was wiping dirty engines. And he will never forgive me for kicking every time he was let off of a nasty job. And although this is the outcome of it, I want to tell you that I'm proud of you every time I think of the days that Andy had to walk the streets of this old town just as black and dirty as any of us. And, laughingly, I am somewhat proud of myself when I think of the useless kicking I did every time he and such as he got promoted out of their turn. I was late tonight because of attendance at a called meeting of the union. I can't tell even you what we decided upon. That's a secret, but we... The words died out of the young man's mouth. He had been talking on without looking at his companion, who had laid his pipe on the table and shaded his eyes with his hand when he heard Andy's words repeated. Now, the hand fell suddenly to his side, and the look on the face of Angus MacDonald told Arndt that the C.I.&.S. Company would never discharge the man who for five and thirty years had faithfully served them and their predecessors. End of chapter 2